Welcome to SaaS Talks from Lead to Close, where I'll be sharing with you everything that I've learned to close leads. I went from quitting my first sales job because I was too scared to talk to strangers to becoming a VP of sales for multiple tech startups where I built a sales team from scratch and led them to an acquisition. I'll teach you how to schedule more demos on your calendars, close at least 50% of your demos, and build a pipeline large enough so you're always hitting quota. If you're looking to scale, then turn the volume up. All right, everybody. So uh, we have our monthly special again. Last month, we had Nick Sigelski. This month, we have Ethan Parker. He's a VP of revenue at AltiSales. A little bit more background. He's been in enterprise SaaS sales for 10 plus years. He specializes in the outbound motion. And I know I talk a lot about inbound, but a lot of his knowledge is really transferable to the inbound stuff, doing demos, discovery, follow-ups, et cetera. He's also the head of outbound squad and works with hundreds of reps on a weekly basis. So I'm really excited that he's on here. And I know a lot of people say that they're really excited that they have a guest, but I'm really excited because I chatted with him in the past. He was on one of my workshops um, and what he has to say really matters. So in today's topic, um, we're going to talk about, or, or, or Ethan's really going to talk about is digging into pain and connecting that to priority. So I'll let him expand up, upon it. Um, I set a 20 minute timer because I want to stay true to the 20 minute mark for that digestible episodes. Um, so Ethan, take it away. Yeah. appreciate that more. Um, yeah. Happy to be here. So, um, the whole, the whole digging into pain and, and connecting to, you know, the customer's priorities is, is probably the biggest disconnect, right. That I see in discovery. Sometimes we get some very surface level pain or, um, maybe even some, some bigger, some bigger issues that are, you know, can be quantifiable, but we still haven't, connect that to there's a reason why they're not fixing that right now like there's there's always a reason and usually that reason is it's it's not a priority and something else is and I actually i don't know if there's actually any other <laughs> ever any other reason other than it's not a priority um it's usually not you know we don't have the funds to take care of this problem and you know to zoom out a little bit and talk about how we get to this point in the conversation it really starts with first you know understanding what our customer is trying to do and aligning on expectations for this call. And when we do those two things first, we can then connect pain to, you know, the higher level initiative. So what I'm going to lay out today is a format that you can use a framework that you can use for your discovery calls. This would be, you know, for a first call. Um, the process I'm going to discuss really takes 45 minutes if you're doing it well. So if you're scheduling 30 minute discoveries, that would be my first piece of advice is start scheduling 45. <laughs> and this could be used, uh, like this, this framework could also be used not just for an outbound call, but also an inbound call. It, it's sort of, it's transferable, right? 100%. Um, so on that note, before I go any further, um, I, in my experience, folks that master outbound sales absolutely blow everyone out of the water in inbound sales because outbound is, in my opinion, is harder. Uh, yeah, people is. are, people are at a different point in a buying cycle, but the benefit to it is we get to control the flow. So instead of you coming in, in consideration or an evaluation stage already, you're coming in with, I'm interested to learn more about this thing that you talk about. Don't know if I want it or not. 
So a lot of times when people come inbound, they've kind of already decided a budget. They've decided like how, like the use case, the scope, all of that. We have a chance to build that case for them in the outbound motion. However, if you use these tactics I'm talking about sometimes, and just sometimes, because sometimes they're too far along um, in the inbound motion where that's decided, this is what we're doing. But sometimes you can influence, you know, larger deal size, um, that kind of thing. So yeah, hundred percent transferable. So the framework, um, this is for the first call. But if you're demoing on the first call, you know, uh, more was on my podcast. We talked about demoing versus not demoing on the first call. Long story short, highly dependent on the product <laughs> and what it yeah. is you're selling. But um, whether you're demoing or not, this framework would still work. And so essentially, you know, it starts with understanding the three questions. And full disclosure, this is not an Ethan Parker original. This is a mixed match of lots of different trainings that I've had. Megan Meshack's a really big influencer in the stuff I'm about to say. Jordana Zeldin, Jason Bay. Um, Nick and Armand, uh, they're they're all big influencers, and in where I've gathered and Sandler training, you know, holds whole lots yeah. of things. Um, so it's a it's a mixed match, and feel free to take this and make it your own. But um, from from top to bottom, as I mentioned, it, it should take about forty five minutes. Um, you could get most of this done in thirty minutes. So the three questions we have to answer: Why change? Why you? Why now? Everyone knows this. What typically happens, especially when we like look at inbound, because folks are already coming in knowing what they want to talk about it's really easy to get caught up in going exactly to that thing. Now, while I think there's value in showing them you're listening, but there, there's also a way that we can, we, can, we can start to understand why it is they want to look at that thing and understand the deeper issues. So how we're going to open every call, um, this is something that more and I have slightly of a different opinion on, but I like to build, I like to build a little rapport. I like to do a little, I call it real talk. That's a Charles Mobauer thing, real talk over small talk. So I'm um, also not a huge fan of like asking about the weather and those kind of things. But if I dug deep on you and I know that you like to go boating, for example, and this is a Tuesday morning, we're having this meeting, I might say something like, Hey, more, you get out on the boat this weekend and that's it. And watch him go in on that thing. He's like, Oh yeah, actually I did. Well, blah, 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 this, that, and the other, no, I didn't, or whatever the case may be, because he's actually really impassioned about that thing personally and emotion drives decision logic justifies it and if we can get this person like emotionally attached to us at the beginning of the call it's a lot more productive the rest of the call in my opinion so you know do a little homework find out it could be stuff about work history like they transitioned from this industry to that industry ask them about how that yeah. was what changed what are the experience we, people like we also about, speak like, about like doing the homework and the preparation like beyond linkedin like check out instagram check out unless they're private or maybe connect to them facebook Beyond like the, the typical social platform, is there any other place someone should do like homework? Um, I, I, you know, I think, I think that, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, those are, those are all good. I mean, I'm always going to look at LinkedIn first. That's easiest. Right. But, um, you know, beyond that Twitter is probably the next best spot. And then from there, I would say Instagram, Facebook in that order. Um, but in my experience, if they're very inactive on LinkedIn and Twitter, you're probably going to find a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the other two, yeah, but true. sometimes you get lucky. Um, if you don't have anything to go off of, the the best thing to go off of would be work history. That's that's everyone's got that on LinkedIn profile. They can at least talk to about that just a little bit. Um, but anyway, once we do that, then we're going to move into an upfront contract. And this is something, especially in inbound, I see people skip all the time. No upfront contract, mm -hmm. just hop right into the thing. And you are, it's it's not about this getting them to say yes or getting like there there is a psychology psychology of many commitments for sure like 100 but it's not really the ultimate goal here really the ultimate goal is to align on expectations both for you and the prospect because maybe you have something else in mind that like they don't give a shit about and we need to figure that out and we need to like make sure we're aligned on this conversation because if you're like most people you, your product probably has 10 plus use cases and you may have an idea of what you think 
that this person is looking for, but we don't really know that yet. Uh, we also don't know what's driving any of this. So it's important to align on expectations. So my upfront contract is going to sound something like, hey, Bor, thanks for your time again today. Um, I have us down for a hard stop in 45 minutes. Is there anything, is there any hard stop sooner than that I should be aware of? And right there, they'll generally tell you, no, I'm good. Or no, I actually have you know 15 extra minutes too, if we need it. And so that's always good to get that up front to know what type of time we're dealing with. Or let's say, yeah, I actually have a hard stop at the 30. Cool. So now I have 30 minutes for this chat instead of 45. Like that's super important to know right now and not 25 minutes in to your, to your call. Um, and what I do is what more just did to around setting a timer and staying true. I set a timer and it's going to go off seven minutes before the end of my call. That's a lot of mm. for next steps. Um, I don't wait until the end. Oh, I've got two minutes left. Let's go ahead and do this. Like there's a structure to the end of the call, just like there's you a structure. You tell them that you're going to do a timer. It's just sort of net, you're just doing it on the background. I just hit it and it goes off and everyone's like, whoa. <laughs> uh, but it's also a great, um, like snap you out of whatever zone you're in. Yeah. yeah. Back into reality. Like it's, uh, I've, I've never found it to be unproductive and usually they super appreciate it. Like, oh, wow, you're, you're on it. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so that's what I do right there. Next, after we establish that, I'm going to say, you know, if this was outbound, I'd say something like, hey, I understand that we called you. Would it be helpful if I set some context? Um, if it's inbound, you would say, hey, well, you know, I know you reached us to reach out to us and you probably have something specific in mind. Um, would it help to kind of you know, talk about what we usually cover in this call? And then, you know, we can go from there. So you might ask a question like that. So again, what you're doing here is you're demonstrating business acumen and helping them understand that like, they have a lot going on and you're probably not their top priority and you understand that and you're here to make their life easier. You're demonstrating that from the very beginning. And you're also making this a very collaborative upfront contract. Notice yeah. the language I'm using. It's not like, hey, we're going to do this, then we're going to do this, then we're going to do this. Sound fair? Um, and so they say, yeah, that sounds great, Ethan. Thanks. Cool. So typically what I talk about today more is how companies like XYZ and blah, blah, blah are doing blah, 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 blah. And uh, from there, I thought it'd be helpful to, that's some Jordana Zeldin language and that's... Um, super powerful. So from there, I thought it'd be helpful to talk a little bit about how whatever Zoom has helped drive some of these outcomes, right? Um, then together, we can talk about whether it makes sense to dive in any further. So then together, we can. Then together, we can talk about whether it makes sense to dive in any further. And if so, we can talk concretely about next steps. If not, at least you'll have, you know, at the very minimum, you'll have some insights you can take back and work on with the team. More. Is there anything else? you need to make sure that we cover today. So this is worth your time. So I'm never going to say sound good. Is this fair? Makes sense. None of that. More. Is there anything else you'd like to cover today to make sure this is worth your time? What, what we did was goes beyond just setting an upfront contract and aligning yeah. expectations. Like we got this person very much tuned in to, because the tonality and the delivery of how we just delivered that, all that matters. And they're leaning in now they're paying attention. It's not, it, it sounds a bit different than what they hear on a lot of sales calls. And it ends with an opportunity for them to insert, yes, I really came to you guys for this, this X reason, which is good for you to know. And if they don't know, it makes them feel like, okay, dude, this guy's done this a few times. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be able to show me some things. Because like people think that, like salespeople, sometimes we, we get stuck in this paradigm of pursuer of the salesperson and the prospect being the one who's being pursued and they get put up on this pedestal and we're the lowly salesperson down here. And what we want to do is equal out and be peers really fast. That's what we want to do. And we do that by showing business acumen and just understanding, making their life easier, making this process easy for them and being engaging. Like if, if people are uninterested in you, it's because you're uninteresting. So get interesting. Um, yeah. Once we do upfront contract, go through that. Then I usually start with roles and goals. 
And so that just is a pretty something simple that I'm going to say, Hey, cool more. Um, I usually find it pretty helpful to start with just really quick introductions. Um, could you tell me a little bit more about your role and maybe two key goals over the next two years? And the reason why we ask that specific question that specific way is because number one, like, tell me about your business is where a lot of people start. And like, I think that's just mm -hmm. like the worst, um, yeah. the worst question to lead with. Like I should know, you should know about their, their yeah. business. Um, so I want to understand like your role, cause whether it's VP of marketing or VP of sales, something basic like that, that every company has, all of them do a little bit different. They have a little bit differences in, in like what they're focused on and asking that two, two key goals over the next two years is the important part. The two year time frame is the very important part. It helps us it helps to elevate this conversation out of surface level pain to like broader business initiatives. Cause what we're trying to do right now is we're trying to pull out some of those broader business initiatives that we can then tie the pain and thing back to later in the call. So you're usually going to get a fairly surface level answer right there. Still, sometimes it's a bitter, a bigger, it's, it's like a high level surface level answer. If that makes sense. Like they'll tell you something broader it's, is a bigger initiative, but it's not that deep. So we haven't really earned the right to dig in too much just yet. But we do want to ask a couple follow-up questions. So, uh, hey, curious, what's driving that to be an area of focus right now? Cool. What's, what specific you know, goals do you have that are, for that area of focus? How are you measuring that? How's, how's this, how does your team impact that? Right? So we're smart questioning them really quick. And then we move on to a topic I call value drivers. And value drivers, um, that, that comes from Megan uh, Mishak as well. Uh, it sounds like this. So um, typically more we help companies in three ways and you blah, blah, blah. And then you ask a few questions after that. The first one's the most important one in my experience. And that's, you know, how does this compare to your own goals? So two important things here on the value drivers, they should not be sentences that start with we, us, or I, they should start with they. So they're looking to, they want to, they need to. And that's describing the companies that come to you. What this does, we got a little bit about their role and goals, a little bit. Hopefully we got to a high level, a little bit there. Now what we're doing is we're priming them to think about this in a very specific way. That's what we're doing. We're psychologically priming them to think about our conversation in a specific way. And if they weren't thinking about this way already, now you're typically going to get three answers here. They're going to say something like, yeah, we're focused on all three of those things. <laughs> Great. Um, how do these compare to your own goals? Or they say, you know what, Ethan, that wasn't really what I was thinking about, but that's super interesting. I'd love to hear more about that. Perfect. We can talk the, about that for sure. This is sort of an, like a question that you may have like an arbitrary answer to. Who knows, right? Like what's the percentage of, of, of uh, prospects that tell you, yeah, that's exactly what we're looking at versus ones that say, no, not really. Yeah, that's dependent on how well you know what problem you solve. Um, so when, you, when this is really like tuned in, and it's an inbound lead, uh, uh, you know, almost hundred percent of folks are going to fall into the bucket of either. Yep. We're focused on all three of those things or interesting. I wasn't thinking about it in exactly that way, but I'd like to learn more about that. Those so are going to be your two most common outcomes. If someone says, no, we're not interested in any of those three things. Well, then you just DQ them and you can move on with your life. Yeah. That's the point. Well, I feel like the one prior to the latter one where you're like, I haven't thought about that, but let's talk about that. I feel like those prospects end up becoming your customers because they're, you know, I don't want to say taking the bait because it's such a bad word to use, but like they're, you know, they're, they're contributing, they're engaging, they're involved. They're like, all right, I want to learn more. They're, they're in it to win it. You know what I mean? 
yeah, I, I would agree. Like those are, uh, that's my favorite answer is, uh, oh, interesting. I wasn't thinking about it like that. I, I love so I definitely I, to unpack that some more. I learned that from like the challenger sale, the book I read it. It's, uh, I think it says something like you, you want to, if your call ends or if your prospect says like, Hmm, I never thought about it that way. That's like a winning scenario, but yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Cool. Um, hundred percent. So that's the best possible outcome. Second best possible outcome is no, we don't, we're don't, we're not worried about any of those three things right now. Cool. Well, I'll give you 30 minutes back and it was nice to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we can't help. Um, and not enough AEs do that. But anyway, yeah. um, I digress from that subject. So after we list those out, we ask, you know, how these compare to your own goals, they, they give, a, they give an answer. If it's option A or option B, we would ask something like, yeah, maybe how do you prioritize that? those those items how do you prioritize those goals and then this is also an opportunity to plug in what research you've done so then after you kind of chat through that you can say cool well i saw more from a company level looks like you guys are focused on um you know, expanding into your current client base and increasing revenue by whatever 33 percent next year can you tell me more about that you know like it's just a very easy way for you to show them that you've done some more homework and again you know obviously this wouldn't be random information this would be relative to like how you can help so Anyway, again, demonstrating business acumen and that we've been here, done this, and we have some insight we can share to help. And again, priming them. That's the most important part of this is we're priming them to think in a certain way. Like psychology is 90% of sales, in my opinion. Um, so cool, we get through that. And then where it goes from here, we're still not going to talk about us. We're still not going to talk about us. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about our customers and what type of, what type of what, what what they what their life generally looks like and this could be a specific example so this could be great so uh, more what i'd like to do from here i have about 6 minutes i'm going to tell you about outreach.io and how they transformed their abm campaigns start back in 2016 up until where today and kind of show you some of the tips, uh, steps they went through and some of the stuff they tested out and what they figured out during that time does that sound fair enough sweet and then i'm going to go into that story and when I tell that story, I'm going to pause strategically in places where I know I could ask a question. So I'm going to say something. Hey, more interested. Um, is this kind of, you know, I know I haven't told you the whole thing yet, but is, how is this comparing to like where you're at in your journey of this right now? Right. So the story is obviously something they're here to talk about because they're, they're at some point in this journey right now and you just don't know where yet. And so we're going to, we're going to find out where. And every step of the way, we're going to use a pause in a story to ask a little bit deeper and do a little bit more discovery. So we get to the end of that. And then we can talk about why you and why you should really just be a very brief thing. If you have a, if this is more enterprise complex sale, there shouldn't be a demo on this. In my opinion, yeah, we I should, agree. we should, we should just explain very quickly, like, Hey, cool more. Well, we have 15 minutes left, so I don't really have time to do a demo today, but in short, um, obviously, you know, we're the vendor of choice that helped outreach with that. That's why I'm telling you the story. Um, I would love to, you know, unpack this a little bit more from our conversation today. Now I'm getting into the script of the outro of the call from our conversation today. Um, it seems like you guys are highly focused on increasing your ROAS on LinkedIn, um, you know, reprioritizing your dollars to be, you know, a little bit lower click-through rates. And you want to tie in your marketing um, and, and outbound motion together so that you're working in more unison. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, sweet. Cool. So based on that, I see a strong, um, a strong opportunity for advertise to be uh, helpful here. Uh, they're a client, so I know the script so well. Mm. So um, advertise to be helpful here. Uh, would you agree it makes sense to take a deeper dive? Or would you agree it makes sense to take the next step? However you want to word that, whatever. Yes, sweet. On the next call, we'll talk a little bit about how you can get your marketing and sales team more aligned to really crank out your outbound function and you know, see as 
you know, as little as, you know, five extra meetings per week to upwards of 20 extra meetings per week, depending on the size of your team. Um, as well, we'll go into, you know, exactly how this plugs into your current existing, you know, ABM campaigns and maybe how we segment budget and blah, 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 blah. And so we're giving them agenda of the next call. Based on that agenda more, we typically include the VP of marketing and, you know, whoever oversees like total ad spend. Um, would that be John and Jane on your team? So we've done our homework and we know who we want to talk to. We know who we're talking to now and we know who else, what other stakeholders we want to get involved. And if you don't know that question, go to your sales manager and find out who are the stakeholders that are typically involved in the decision-making process. <laughs> yeah. And then know those people before you go into that call, ask for them by name. Even if you're wrong, which you will be probably 75% of the time, because it's different at every organization. But what they will do now is they will then tell you who the right people are. Like, hey, no, John's not the right person. Jane is, but John won't be here. But, you know, Jim over there in digital marketing, blah, 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 blah. He's the guy to bring into this conversation. Sweet. Let's get him involved. And then we get our calendars out and we book the meeting. And then we're not done yet. There's one more thing. Let's, hey, uh, more. Just curious, you know, what's going to happen between now and our next chat internally? And how can I help support you? Simple question that's so going to help you overcome getting ghosted or having things that happen internally, like, oh, no, we're not looking at this, or that, and the other, because they know they're here looking at this and they know what their other folks are going to say. They know way better than you. They're going to go and somebody's going to be like, oh, no, nah, fucking, I hate that LinkedIn, this, that, and the other, blah, 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 blah. Like they know those things are going to come up. So ask that so you know and you can figure out a way to combat that and be proactive about it. And then you can say something like this. Great. More um, sounds good. So generally it's helpful for me to send a summary, maybe a quick uh, video recap of this call today. Um, so it's something you can share that's really bite-sized with the rest of the team to bring everyone up to speed before our next call. Does that sound like that'd be helpful? Yeah, Ethan, that'd be amazing. Awesome. I'll get that sent over to you this afternoon. Anything else more? Great. Have a great day. And you just crushed the shit out of that discovery call. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I wrote, I wrote a lot, a lot of notes um, uh, on this. So, all right, cool. So I have a couple of things that I, I wrote down. So it's from what I heard throughout this was, um, well, that was exactly 20 minutes, but I'm, I'm resetting the clock. So just to have uh, some extra buffer time. Um, there, there are a couple of words that you've, that I plucked out. You've mentioned it, but the ones that I plucked out, throughout the discovery that you'll, you'll use is typically generally it's helpful or generally we find it helpful or generally companies or prospects or whatever it is, find it helpful that, um, and so you by you're using that as a, a way to prime the, the prospect for what you're about to say. Yeah. Um, you know, it just makes it, it makes it less assumptive. Like a, it, it just communicates, Hey, I don't know your situation, but typically other people like you are thinking about this. Versus yeah. like, hey, here's what we're going to do. And then going into it and then be like, all right, cool. Sound good. And then they're like, yeah, sure, sure, whatever. And they just, they're just saying yes, because you've essentially force fed them the next steps. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it all really goes on, goes to aligning on expectations every step of the way. So regardless of what I think you, you're the person here to learn about this thing. So I, I, I'm, you can dictate to me, you're in control of this. And if I, if, if someone if I, if I listed out my three ways that people generally are looking for help and they say, kinda, um, but we actually have that and they go to describe a super specific scenario. Well, guess what? I'm going to talk about that super specific scenario. Yeah. It's like, you are in charge here. If I can help with that thing, if it's something I can't help with, I'll tell you. Yeah. Something you mentioned also like towards the end, you're talking about like um, for enterprise level deals, that you typically won't 
do the de- it won't be a one call demo one call close and there's more people involved so i think that's what i was talking to you about in in your podcast where it's if you're dealing with smb you could probably knock out a demo on that one discovery call because it's such high volume and the sales cycle is a lot less than a six month to 12 months to maybe even three year sales cycle. Um, so that's important to note, like for those that are listening that are in SMB where they're dealing with high volume deals, like you can take enterprise level skill set and apply it to your SMB level deals. And on the flip side, if you're doing enterprise, you can take an SMB level uh, skill set and apply it to enterprise. But enterprise is more of like a nurture, massaging type of skill set. Um, I really liked what you said um, about like the next steps where you're saying like, hey, we typically include, you know, the VP of sales or whatever it is. Is that so-and-so? And I think where AEs may fear doing that is if they're wrong because they didn't do the research or they just don't know. They avoid asking that question, but you said something really important. You're like, it's actually really good that you get it wrong because nobody likes wrong. Like people like to correct people and they'll say, no, it's actually this. And you've won. Like you've nailed that part. I, I really like that part. Yeah. Well, it, it just goes back to the, it, it, I mean, I, I think about myself. Okay. I'm, I'm VP of revenue. I get prospected through every day, all day long. And if I get on a call with you and you're asking me some really basic questions and me as a sales leader, and I'm like, you, this, this, this is available on my LinkedIn, dude. You yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Like I, I'm, I'm very less inclined to help you out. But like, if I can see that you put in the work, you did the effort and you, you labeled things and you know, things about me, you've shown me, you know, me in my world, I'm very willing to help you out because yeah. you've done a good job. And that's how everyone on the face of the planet feels. There's going to be 1% of human beings. are going to be assholes about it, not help you out. But like 99%, if you've done your homework and you show that you've put in the work to make their life easy, they are, it's a law of reciprocity. It'll happen. They will, yeah, they will yeah. help you out. That's really awesome. Uh, and then you, you at one point you were talking about like bringing up case studies. Are you bringing up case studies or of customers that are in the exact same vertical scenario that they're dealing with or at a more of a general Yeah. Case so typically what I coach teams on is to have three to five, like, stories you're ready to go with based on how that roles and goals and value drivers chat goes. So you should use that opportunity to uncover what they're thinking about those higher level, higher level initiatives. So then you can know what pain story to tell to that connects to that priority. If you're a startup and you don't have, you know, case studies or a bunch of customer examples, um, you can speak more broadly. You don't have to label a specific customer. Um, you can just, you can speak more broadly about people in that industry specifics or whatever. Um, so the answer is both. It kind of depends on sure. your seat and what resources you have at your company and how that chat goes. But yeah, uh, if, if I have one that matches your industry, your specific situation, which a more established company almost always will, then I'm going to tell that story because that's going to relate most to what you're going through right now. Just the yeah. most important thing is the story is told from the customer standpoint. What didn't happen is that CEO or CRO or CMO wasn't sitting in a board meeting. I'm like, oh my God, we have this massive problem and I need advertised to fix this for me. Like, that's not what happened. They were like, right. hey man, we need to grow 33% next year. Like, how do we do this thing? Our ROAS is absolute dog shit. We're doing da 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 We're wasting money over here. Like, that's the conversation that happened. So tell that story. Don't tell it from your rose colored lenses. Like right. that's not, that's not what the customer relates to. They relate to other people's process, not yours. Yeah. There was uh, I think that there was something that you mentioned during discovery that AEs t- typically make the mistake 
you're really like emphasizing it where it's like, hey, it's not time to pitch at all yet. Um, and I think that the mistake, and I think this happens a lot with like newbie AEs or newbie AEs to, or non-newbies, but new ones to a, a company where they'll do some brief discovery and then they'll say something like, and even founders do this. Oh, you'll notice that we actually have XYZ feature that a lot that does exactly what you're looking. They'll go into like the feature pitch and what they have. And I just cringe every time I, I hear that because it's like, it's discovery. It's not pitch your product yet. Yeah. Um, cool, and man. Right. People buy your thing. They don't buy it because of that feature. So yeah, they yeah. buy it because of that priority they're trying to accomplish and they understand the value of how your thing will help them with that. That's why yeah. they buy it. Period. I think it's, I think it's helpful. Like I've, I, I like to get demoed on. I like when someone demos me on their product because it's like when I used to be a waiter, right? And I'd then you know after my shift I would go to have dinner, and I'd go to a restaurant, a different restaurant. I'm like, wow, this is like what it's like to be a customer, and like I, I can see the vantage point of the customer and the waiter, and I have just a different perspective. And so I like to do the same thing when it comes to like demos, where I'm getting demoed on. I, I I get the lens of of the customer, and so you're seeing things like, oh wow, maybe I shouldn't say this or I should say this. Cool, man. Um, all right, we're about what are we? Uh, a little over twenty minutes in, so that's a wrap. Um, anything you want to? Where can they find you? Anything you want to drop uh, before we head off? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's uh, Ethan Parker. Um, so it's just uh, the forward slash is Ethan L Parker. Um, so find me there. I connect with pretty much all the requests I get, unless you're trying to sell me leads. And, um, you can also, uh, you can also check out my podcast. So it's the revenue podcast more his episode just dropped today. Probably not when you're listening to this, but, um, last week, probably <laughs> whenever you listen to this, but, uh, it, uh, it just dropped out. So go check that out Hear us jam on a few of these things too. And, um, yeah, if you're a company looking to level up your outbound motion, you need some help building out SDRs, your AEs need some work, shoot me an email. It's Ethan at altysales.com. Sweet. And I'll put your um, LinkedIn and podcast information on the description of the episode. Awesome. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you found this relevant or practical at all, then please share this episode. Until next time, I'm your host, Mor Asuline.